It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Big Cruise Podcast. Whether you're a first-time listener or you're returning for episode 10, it's great to be with you. In today's show, uh, we'll be shortly joined by Chris Frame, who will talk about all things cruise news. A little later, Peter from Clear will uh, talk about one of his favourite ports. And later in the show, we're joined by a different Chris to review his uh, most recent cruise, which is on board Ovation of the Seas, sailing to the South Pacific. Now, make sure you don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to the Big Cruise Podcast on your favourite podcast directory. Also, if you have an opportunity to leave us a review, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with the show, whether it's to ask a question about a cruise or about a destination, whether it's to leave a cruise review or simply to get in touch and say hello, you can do so via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. And that's where you'll also find all of the show notes for each and every episode. And it's that time of the week when we catch up with our good friend, uh, maritime historian, who's going to deliver all things cruise news and maritime facts. Hey, Chris, welcome back. Hey, Barry. Yeah, we've got an interesting step back in time today and also some good news from the industry. Excellent. Let's kick off with what happened in June 1852. So back in June 1852, at the dawn of steamship services through to Australia, P&O, which of course is so famous as an Australian cruise line today, uh, it was starting its first ever steamship mail service with passengers on board, uh, departing England bound for Australia. Now, this was operated on a ship called the Chusan, which by today's modern cruising standards is a very small and basic ship. Uh, and in fact, it's funny to think back because we have all these images in our heads of what an ocean voyage is supposed to be like today. But back then, there was no um, entertainment, for example, that was organized by the entertainment staff. In fact, the passengers used to form a committee uh, and would actually uh, create their own entertainment for themselves whilst the ship was on its voyage. Now, these voyages from England through to Australia took 80 days, um, which is you know an immense amount of time. But back then, it was considered uh, extremely fast because, of course, prior to that, most people who were coming to Australia were doing so on even slower steamers from other lines or, uh, in fact, by sailing ship, which could take even longer. Uh, and so uh, the ship departed England in June. Uh, it's 80 days later, it arrived in Australia. Uh, and um, it was such a huge occasion because P&O had been trying to establish a service to Australia for, for quite some time. Uh, and in fact, the Australian colonies at the time had also petitioned the, the uh, governments, uh, the colonial governments and also the uh, imperial government in, in England, uh, in the United Kingdom, to, to have this service. And so a special waltz called the Chusan Waltz was commissioned uh, for the voyage and people on that trip uh, were able to dance the Chusan Waltz while she made her way to Australia. Wow, 80 days. I love cruising, but I don't know if I could do 80 days with minimal entertainment, but uh, I guess it was needed in those days. Yeah, well, I mean, 80 days with minimal entertainment, um, also with uh, 
Um, of course, this was in the era before electricity. Um, you had preserved foods on board. So there was um, dried and pickled preserved uh, meats and that sort of thing. Uh, and they used to carry uh, livestock on board as well with cows for milk and um, chickens for eggs and for meat. So yes, not exactly the cruise experience that we, we might have now. And of course, there was no such thing as ensuite bathrooms uh, and very few um, showers, for example, or opportunities to, to bathe. So very different experience, but compared to the old sailing selling ships. Not at all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not an advertisement for P&O cruises by any means. This is, this is definitely um, a, a chapter of an old stay, style of, of travel. And this is how it was for everybody back then. There was no such thing as luxury, luxury cruises um, in, the, uh, in the 1850s. Of course, it was a little bit better if you had a bit extra money for a nicer, um, nicer um, area on board the ship. And from about the 1880s onwards, we started to see things really start to improve. But in the, 50, in the 1850s, yeah, very, very basic accommodation and uh, a very basic voyage. Moving to uh, modern day, um, our good friends at Silver Sea. Uh, first of all, congratulations to them. They've actually just taken delivery of their first uh, purpose-built expedition vessel. Um, so well done to them. That happened in Rotterdam overnight. But we've also got some good news for Silver Sea here in Australia. Yeah, so they're actually going to be expanding their footprint here, which is really exciting. Throughout the 2021-22 season, they're having two of their uh, luxury cruise ships um, coming down to Australia. Uh, the Silver Shadow, as well as the Silver Muse, will be spending extended periods of time here. Uh, and they'll be doing uh, voyages that mainly focus on the East Coast, um, with itineraries that span from Melbourne all the way up to Cairns, uh, and taking not just the major cities on the east and eastern seaboard, but also... Um, checking out some of the local ports and some of the smaller areas that uh, some of the bigger cruise ships just don't get opportunity to go into. Uh, and so, yes, a very highly luxurious experience. I'm sure that uh, many of our listeners have seen the ships in ports before because they have had a presence in Australia um, for, for several years. But to have two uh, dedicated to our our region will be really exciting for people who want to try out the Silver Sea experience. Absolutely. And uh, another birthday, uh, a little closer to home this time over in Fiji. Yeah, a little cruise line that people might not actually have heard of, but it's been around for 70 years um, and, funnily enough, is offering 70% off to celebrate as part of its birthday celebrations. Now, that's Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon Cruises. Sorry if I can get my words out. Um, and it's a small cruise line in Fiji. Um, it has a ship with about uh, 68 or so passengers, a highly attentive crew. It's one of those sort of um, more intimate cruising experiences, a little bit like what you might experience if you do the small ship sailing up in the in the north of Western Australia or in the north of Queensland. Uh, and they're offering this 70% off on a certain voyages that um, will actually go all the way through until June of 2022. So you have plenty of opportunity to choose a trip in the future if you're planning a holiday to Fiji and experience the Blue Lagoon experience. Crystal Cruises, unfortunately, has had to delay uh, Endeavour. Yeah, look, I don't think this was necessarily a surprise given what's been going on. Um, of course, with the ships being under construction in shipyards that have been hit by COVID-19, um, it does make a, a sort of a knock-on effect as to what's, um, what's possible in terms of meeting delivery dates. Um, so the ship was intended to be delivered, I think, in August uh, of this year, but now won't uh, enter service until sometime in 2021. Um, it's a sort of 200 passenger expedition style ship which is a little bit different from the crystal ships that you might have seen before because they're a little bit larger uh, more the ocean sort of cruising style of vessel but crystal's very well known for its again its luxury experience a very attentive uh, onboard um, service and so for them to have um, the endeavor able to do these expedition cruises into smaller ports and going into areas that might not be quite as um, as chartered as some of the other larger cruise ships, it would give will give passengers an, an awesome experience once she does enter service. Absolutely. And uh, Carnival um, Corporation, or Carnival Cruise Lines even, um, actually have managed to get a, a large number of crew back home. They did. They did actually. And through a port that you might not associate with Carnival, of course, Carnival is so well known for not just the spirit, which has been in Australia for quite some time, but there's um, a huge presence of Carnival ships throughout um, the United States. But uh, Carnival Magic and Carnival Breeze have both been in Europe uh, doing repatriation voyages uh, and made it as far as Dubrovnik in Croatia. In Croatia. 
Uh, and here they actually, uh, between them, disembarked uh, over 3,000 crew, um, not just from Croatia, but from nearby countries uh, who were able to either make onward travel from um, Dubrovnik onto other cities within Croatia or take um, overland passages to their home, um, home countries. Now, this is, of course, a huge undertaking to uh, repatriate the crew. It's been um, in the media spotlight quite a lot recently and with air travel sort of uh, so heavily interrupted, the cruise lines, including Carnival, have taken to using their own ships to get people home. Uh, and so, so um, I suppose, welcoming were the people of Dubrovnik in, in welcoming these ships in that Carnival's actually um, made a public statement of thanks to, uh, to Croatia uh, and also said that they will be um, looking to return once the coronavirus restrictions lift. So we might start to see potentially more carnival cruises um, throughout Europe. Oh, that'd be great news. I do. Uh, Europe's my favourite destination, and I do uh, like a nice uh, carnival cruise when we're travelling with the kids. Well, they are fun. They definitely know how to how to give you a good time. I suppose about as far removed from that 19, uh, sorry, 1852 experience that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> and last in the news this week, um, uh, Norwegian Holdings, which is the parent company for the Norwegian Cruise Lines, Regent Seven Seas and Oceania, have officially announced their measures they're going to be undertaking post-COVID. Yeah, they have. And they've actually created a, a neat little infographic, which sort of just puts it all in um, one page and allows you sort of to give you know, have a look at this and, and work out exactly what they're, what they're planning to do. They call it Norwegian's peace of mind, and it covers a, a number of different uh, changes that will be on board the ship. And look, it doesn't sound anywhere near as um, intimidating as some of the rumours that were floating around um, during this crisis. So as you can expect, there's going to be, um, particularly in the short term, there'll be enhanced screening um, for people who are boarding the ship, um, extended uh ship safety protocols so they'll be making sure that there's you know social distancing that's going to be on uh on board where where necessary and also throughout the boarding and disembarkation process uh which of course is an area where people will, will congregate um a lot there'll be enhanced uh there'll be enhanced uh, sanitation measures throughout the ship uh and one of the big things that's been talked about uh quite a lot is the airflow and air filtration systems on board cruise ships which is sort of the same sort of problem as what you're seeing in some hotels where there's been outbreaks and um, in office environments and that sort of thing. Now, airlines, interestingly enough, have the upper ha- had the upper hand here because their airflow systems go through um, very high-grade filtration systems. And so many of the cruise lines are now talking about putting in these filtration systems, uh, H13 HEPA, um, which removes 99.95% of um, airborne pathogens. So with that um, major change to the ships, then you, you should, um, in theory, not see these um, sort of outbreaks where it can spread from cabin to cabin like they, they may have um, seen on some, of the, on some of the ships that had problems earlier uh, in, the, in the pandemic. Um, and then, of course, there'll be enhanced uh, and increased medical resources which will be available on board the ship should there be a problem. So, look, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's great to see that they're, they're planning... Um, for this resumption of cruising and really putting it all in in a very simple and easy to uh, consume manner will definitely help uh, help future cruisers feel more secure. Yeah, brilliant. It's all, all good positive steps, as we say, and uh, we're just waiting for, for that green light for the ships to be able to uh, sail once again. Chris, um, you're always putting great information out on your uh, YouTubes and socials. Just remind us where they can uh, find you and check out your videos. Yeah, so I'm on uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all under the handle of Chris Cunard. So it's Chris and C-U-N-A-R-D. Uh, of course, um, if you read my website, you'll know that that was my, my first uh, love in cruising was Cunard. But now, of course, uh, there's information out there about all the different cruise lines. So uh, if you'd like to reach out and say hello, please do. Brilliant. Chris, as always, thank you very much, mate. We look forward to chatting with you next week. When you're packing for your next cruise, maybe consider a new pair of handmade sandals to go. Uh, Evarcus are handmade in Spain and sold with love here in Australia by sandalsandsunsets.com.au. You'll find all the details in the show notes below. And now we welcome back Peter from Clear, who's going to talk about uh, some of the destinations around the world. Pete, welcome back. Thank you. 
Now, Pete, this week we thought we'd ask you about a, a popular port in the Med, um, a port that we know as Livorno, which is pretty much a gateway to a wider area of Italy. What do you recommend? I know there's a lot of choices when you go into Livorno. What do you recommend from your time at sea? Well, first thing is uh, you need to, it's probably one of those ports you really need to study a little bit and work out before you arrive. Because as you said, Livorno, well, you're not going to stay in Livorno. It's an industrial <laughs> port, nothing there. So you need to go out. And the first question I used to get from passengers is, uh, I want to see Tuscany. Well, wherever you drive out of that port, and, and we'll talk about a few options in a moment, that is the Tuscan region. So you're going to see that undulating countryside um, um, with the wineries and so forth. It's so scenic. So you will see uh, the Tuscan scenery, but then you've also got options. So look, the, the first one is everyone wants to see Pisa. Um, it's about 30 minutes from Livorno. Personally, um, I think it's a it's good to see, but it's such a small area. And once you take your photo, you know, being original of trying to hold up <laughs> <laughs> the leaning tower, who hasn't? Um, that's it. You know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, you can get involved, but after an hour and a half, that, you've pretty much seen it all. So, and the reason why I say um, probably not the strongest option is because that time takes you away from other options. So, the big draw card is Florence. If you haven't been to Florence, you've got to get to Florence. Look, it's an hour and a half from Livorno, um, and that means an hour and a half back. So there's three hours of your day. Now, if you do a side trip to Pisa, it's only going to give you a couple of hours in Florence. So you're, you're sort of robbing yourself a little bit short. You know, there's some cruise lines that actually do a little combination of both, yeah. um, but they're not exactly in the same direction. So... Um, but I definitely would uh, do Florence. But, you know, people have been in that area. They've uh, La Spezia. They can do Chicaterra, but that's a, a little further north. You've got the medieval town there, Luca, San Gimignano, which is beautiful. There are options, but look, Florence is the one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I've done both. Um, and I think I stayed at Pisa for all of 30 minutes. <laughs> and did you get the photo? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Florence is brilliant. We had a whole day there um, and so much to see and you just get lost in the cobbled alleyways, just admiring all yes. the architecture. It's great. And the one thing I like, and, and being an ex, you know, shore excursion manager, I'm, I'm always the logistic guy. You know, I'm always looking at uh, how things operate. And the one thing I love about Florence, it's, it's all those uh, sites are in a very um, succinct or very small area so unlike rome where you have to travel from one place to the other to the other here they you know the buses drop you off at the academia you go see michelangelo's uh, david then you walk um uh, past the duomo santa croce um almost at ponte vecchio but you've got the uffizi gallery i mean these are all massive sites of europe all within walking distance yeah. so it's so cool yeah no i agree Awesome, Pete. Really appreciate your advice. You've got all those years at sea under your belt, so we'll, we'll call on you in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about another port. Excellent. Thanks, Baz. podcast is not possible without the help of our good friends at cruisefinder.com.au. Uh, they have more than 30,000 different cruises live on their website, many with live availability and pricing. But most importantly, each and every call, chat and email is answered here in Australia by Australian clear accredited cruise specialists. So when you're looking for your next cruise, please consider the team at cruisefinder.com.au. Okay, next up on the podcast, we're going to welcome Chris, who recently did a cruise on board Ovation of the Seas out to the South Pacific. Chris, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Barry. Um, great to be talking with you. Yeah. Now, um, we actually haven't done a review on Royal Caribbean yet, so it's great to have you on board. Um, you took an eight-day cruise out to the South Pacific. It was a Sydney round trip, um, heading out to Numia and Mystery Islands. What was the, the reason behind this cruise, I guess? I think I was uh, talking to uh, you and some of the guys in the office more than anything else. We'd, uh, we'd previously booked a celebrity cruise with you uh, the year before, and we were looking for something closer to home and a bit of fun for seven days. And uh, you, you suggested Royal. It was the first time that we'd cruised with them. And uh, I have to say it was, it was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Excellent. And uh, obviously you're here in Australia, but did you have any time in Sydney before you boarded the ship? 
Yeah, so we just stayed overnight. So we flew uh, flew over from Perth um, the the night before, um, and you know back in the days when when Virgin were were out of administration and they were still flying their A three thirties, and so we managed to get an upgrade on the way across and, and flew with their A three thirty business class, which nice. I have to say is one of the, the best business classes um, I've ever thrown with, and I think it's going to be a shame um, if they don't keep the A330s or 330s sorry and don't keep flying that Perth to Sydney route because um it just it was a, a really nice start to our trip. Yeah, even before COVID, they kind of operate most of the Perth Sydney flights on the narrow bodied aircraft, which is such a shame because it's it's a five hour flight. Um and you like you, people that want a business class product want a real business class product. So yeah, so it was a uh, it's an awful shame because um now that they're ta- you know they're downsizing from that A330 to the 737, it was really interesting for a while. Um, Virgin were were talking up this new idea of this life flat business class product on their 737s, um, but I think that was going to be on the 737 Maxes, um, and mm-hmm. obviously the Max had all the problems. And now with Virgin and administration, I think. Um, uh, both the A330s are going to go because it's costing them too much money. And I think we're not really going to see a live flat product on those 737s um, heading from Perth to Sydney, which will be an awful it shame. Will, it will. Hopefully we can see Virgin in some format uh, re-emerge. It's uh, looking positive, so fingers crossed. Now, you were um, obviously in Sydney. You would have gone down to the overseas passenger terminal to embark the ship. How quickly did it take you to get from curbside to uh, actually up the gangway and onto the ship? Well, I have to say we we um, did the key program, um, and I think it's relatively new. And one of the uh, perks of that was that you get to, even though we were in a standard balcony cabin, we got to go through the priority lanes when we got to um, the terminal. So effectively, I think no more than 20 minutes on the way through. And that that was mainly the time taken to get to every stop and to answer a few questions and to go through passport mm-hmm. control. But yeah, um, I would say less than 20 minutes from the curb to actually getting onto the ship. Now, given that we haven't spoke about Royal before on this programme, the listeners may not be familiar with the key programme, but different cruise lines have different uh, products where either for a set price per cabin or a set price per person, or sometimes a per person per day price you can have privileges on board so this is pretty much what royal caribbean are offering what what kind of fee were you looking at for your benefits so the, i thought the key program was very reasonable so it came in at about 25 dollars 25 to 30 dollars per person per night um for the seven nights um and have to say we can talk a little bit more about the key pro- program later on but um because it was relatively new i think everybody on the ship you know the crew as well we're getting used to it um but i found that simple things like even getting on the ship and not having to to queue uh plus uh the theater perks that we got later on um i thought the key program was actually very worthwhile and i was happy to pay and and certainly next time we do um we go with royal caribbean we'll look to do the key program again oh brilliant so you've walked up the gangway, you're on the ship. Now, you, you mentioned you had crews before with Celebrity. Royal yep. being a sister brand, the, the ship has a different vibe, I guess. What was your immediate impression of the ship? Uh, a, a bit more of a, or a lot more of a party vibe when we got on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, the moment you enter, you're sort of straight into the, the sort of promenade area. Uh, um, and there was just lots of activity, lots happening. Um, uh, and, and just a... It, we were on the aviation it's one of their bigger ships um and so i think you, you'll have to help me here but i think celebrity generally takes about three to three and a half thousand people on those uh on the ship that we were on which was the uh, solstice mm-hmm. class yep. um but with the ovation we were on the it's a quantum class so it, it takes five thousand people yep. uh, i think five to six thousand people and so just the sheer scale when you walk into the this sort of promenade area um with the, the scale of the ship and the party vibe, um, it was just a, a different experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you head straight to your cabin or did you get a bite to eat first? Well, um, that's the next bit. Uh, I suppose we could we could talk about another perk of the, the key program. So when you get on the ship and you've you've paid for the key program, the, the 
great thing is when you walk on, you meet somebody uh, straight away and they take your bag for you. So we had a little roller bag and a backpack and they took our bags when we walked on and and uh, delivered those to our rooms whenever our rooms were ready. Um, so we sort of got rid of you know yeah. carrying things around so that we could run around the ship. Um, and with the key program, you also get uh, lunch at one of the restaurants now i don't know if that changes every time but the lunch with us was at the chops grill steakhouse oh nice um and so basically it was lovely we we went up to chops grill had a lovely glass of wine and um i think i had a we both had fantastic steak burgers and it was all just fantastic um we sat down and had a glass of wine had a burger and watched the world go by <laughs> now before any cruise can get underway you have to do a lifeboat drill um every cruise yeah. line does it a little bit differently how does lifeboat drill take place um with royal caribbean uh so as i uh, as much as i remember we we basically um went down to our rooms uh then sort of there was an announcement to say lifeboat drill everybody has an area to meet in um and even though the ship was, you know, five five thousand people, as we talked about before, it's really straightforward. To be fair, we we went to our designated area. We must have been there for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then it was all over, and everybody went back to their rooms, and we could get on with it. Um, it seems to, you know, they do this on a regular basis, so it seems like uh, they've sort of got it down to a fine art, and so you're not standing around for. Uh, long periods of time you know thinking about all the fun that you could be having yeah. while you're waiting in a lifeboat job yeah i think from memory the last one i saw on royal it was a really cool video actually and it just gets it out of the way really quick and then as you say you get on and get on with enjoying your holiday yeah now tell us a little bit more about your cabin you booked a balcony how was the the space how was the storage was the usbs interactive tvs yeah, I think um, in general, look, we, we didn't spend much time in the room. Uh, we spent most of our time sort of wandering around the ship because it was so big. Um, but it was lovely. It was a nice space for the two of us. It was perfect. I think now that I have a, um, uh, just had a, a little girl um, and she's eight months old now. And we, we want to, obviously, when, when things are over with the lockdown, um, we'd love to start cruising again. But I, I think there was enough space for the two of us. I think the two of us and Finn, our daughter, and all of the the equipment that comes with her now, um, I think it, it would just be a little bit too small. So for a couple by yourself, the balcony cabin was fantastic. Plenty of space, uh, plenty of little storage cupboards and nooks. Um, and uh, I love, you know, a great, we had a balcony cabin, so we spent a lot of time, you know, when we were in the room um, with our feet up, sort of looking out on the ocean uh but but perfect for two i think for any more than that it would be a bit cramped i always ask a question about the bathroom did it have the dreaded shower curtain or the glass shower screen i think it was a glass shower screen oh, nice I actually um I, I have to have to say i can't remember but yes i think uh, glass shower screen because i don't remember the curtain hugging me. <laughs> now as you mentioned there's lots of dining opportunities all over the ship it is a very big ship with lots of options uh, let's start off with the buffet if you went there. Go into the included restaurants. And then if you did do any specialities, we'll, we could talk about those at the end. So we went to the buffet quite a lot. Um, it's up on one of the higher decks. And uh, it was always a fantastic spread. They were really good. What I liked about them, obviously, um, now everybody's talking about health and safety from a COVID point of view. Even back then, um, cruise ships were obsessed with trying to make sure that People didn't get sick on board and infections didn't spread on board. So we there was always somebody standing at the door trying to divert you in to wash your hands or spray you with um, you know an alcohol mm-hmm. spray. And so once you got in, uh, as I say, the food was always fantastic uh, with zero complaints. And on Royal, they also have um, a, a little beverage. Uh, so you get a, like a Coke cup. Um, and I think it must have an, an RFA, RFID tag within the bottom of the cup. So you have these um, soda dispensing machines oh, yeah. everywhere. Um, and so you put your, your cup in and, and uh, choose your drink. And um, there's, I think there's a couple of them spread throughout the ship. So, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. The, other, uh, the buffets were brilliant. Main dining room? Uh, main dining room, we, we ate every now and again. Um, a, I have to say the... the we bounced about a little bit. So I think there's three main dining room sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and the food, 
as as I remember, is basically the same in each one, um, but there's sort of different themes. Yep. And uh, so we just tried sort of different places. But our server, you know, it's like everything else. You find somebody, especially the server. We found a server that we really liked. Yep. Um, and so kept once we found him, we kept going back to the same spot for two or three. Uh, uh, two or three nights on the ship, sure. and it was fantastic. Uh, the food was always fantastic within the the main dining room. How about speciality? You mentioned you tried Chops Grill. Any of the others? Yeah, so we we did three speciality dining rooms. the The first night we got there, we did Jamie's Italian. Oh yeah, um, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, again, the staff are. I think the staff are almost as important as. Um, you know the actual food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the I found in Jamie's Italian, the lady that served us was so knowledgeable about all the food. Really, really happy, bubbly personality, and nothing was too much trouble. So, um, really enjoyed the whole experience, and the food was spectacular. You know, it's uh, it's obviously Jamie uh, Jamie's Italian, so um, he's he's put a lot of time and effort into making those yep. uh, those menus um, and, it, and it really shows the food was great. Yeah, I had a chat then, with somebody on board once about the specifications of what Jamie wanted in his kitchens and the facilities that he needed the staff to have and he was very particular. Yeah, and I think it's a shame, you know, obviously um, worldwide now I think especially in the UK, I think Jamie's Italian isn't doing so well mm-hmm. um, and, and I wonder, you know, you're from the UK as well and it seems like you know, when when I was in my twenties, there seems to be there's there was a lot of those chain type restaurants, yeah. and I think it must be hard to make sure you maintain the quality mm-hmm. um, when you've got so many spread out throughout the country. But certainly, there were no issues on board. Um, the the food in Jamie's time was absolutely spectacular, fabulous. Any other specialities? Yeah, so uh, so chops grill, and so we did that for dinner as well. Um, and it's just you know as you would expect a beautiful um, steak restaurant, um, and it's it's quite a, a you know velvet curtains and um, yeah. you know a bit more fine dining than anywhere else on the ship, and and it was just uh, again a lovely experience. Um, and then Wonderland, which is oh, the yeah. one that everybody talks about, and Wonderland for those who don't know is a sort of well, it's an Alice in Wonderland themed restaurant, um, and the concept is more sort of, uh, I, how would you put it, um, Barry? It's like um, it's kind of like whimsical, whimsical like gastro experience or something. Yeah. You know, it, uh, maybe gastro is the wrong word to use. Maybe uh, whimsical food experience, we'll say. Um, but Wonderland was absolutely fantastic. We every course comes. Um, and the one the one that sticks out in my mind is the dessert where you get this sort of uh, chocolate ball and then oh, they yeah. pour um, something over the top of that and it all dissolves to to show the rest of your dessert underneath. Yeah. Um, just all, all the food is it's more of a entertainment with food. Yeah. Um, you know, but fantastic. Now, as you mentioned, the ship's big, lots of spaces um, and oh. there's lots of people on board. Uh, how did you find the lounges and you know trying to get a sunbed by the pool? Was there was there plenty of space for the amount of people that were on board? There was plenty of space. Um, I have to say though, at, at times, ovation. You know, it it, it seemed like a, sh- a ship where you had lots and lots of people, um, and at times, whenever you had to go to like the theaters or it was dinner time, you know, those spaces still did fill up, mm-hmm. um, and so there were you know there was a few times on the ship where there was just a mass of people moving to say towards a dining room or towards the buffet at dinner time or, or towards the theater. Um, but, but most of the time there was no issue. And especially out on the main deck, we could always get a sunbed. Um, the other challenge was the activities uh, seemed to, and the, and the specialty restaurants seemed to fill up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I would recommend is if you're, ta- if you're deciding that you want to do specialty restaurants, if you don't get in there early, like on the first day, um, or even maybe the first thing you do uh, when you get on the ship, you'll find that, you know, we tried to book a specialty restaurant uh, uh, two or three days um you know, into the cruise, um, and that was very difficult. We find find it was very difficult to to get anything after the first day. Now, did you have beverages included in your cruise package as a promotion, or did you uh, pay as you go? Um, so we, 
actually got that online okay. um, and so through their uh, their own website um, but I believe that you can order it through yourselves as well isn't that right yeah and yeah at times they have promotions where drinks are included at other times yeah. you can add them on at, at the time of booking or as you say you can add it into the the cruise planner just before you embark um, and did you think it was good value for money I did I did um, it, 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 it you know there's it comes down to that uh, discussion about how much you think you're going to drink and would you need a package um, and certainly Haley on this cruise um, was pregnant mm -hmm. and so she couldn't have the um, she obviously didn't want the alcohol package and I did um, but was really good because they make you the package that you select you have to select for both people in your cabin mm -hmm. um, and so or for I think anybody in the cabin so if you unless they're obviously children yeah. um but what we did with Haley was we they were really good because we phoned them up afterwards and said we could she be part of the cabin but because she's pregnant she didn't want the alcohol package she wanted a a, a non-alcohol package and they were very good at changing that not charging us for oh, the brilliant. two packages yeah, so I, I like that because I'd read a lot of reviews before I went and people say, you know, that seems to be a, a thing that comes up all the time. You know, I drink, but my partner doesn't. Um, can I still get a, a beverage package? And I think if you just say, uh, you know, I don't want an alcohol package, they, they, they're not that, yeah. that forgiving in those cases. But if you are if you have a legitimate reason that Fair you enough. don't want to drink, somebody does, then they'll, they'll work with you. Now, there are so many facilities on this just to talk about, but we've got um, the skydiving simulator, you've got the surf simulators, there's there's so much to see and do. I guess talk about the ones you did do and the ones that you really experienced. Yeah, sure. Um, so again, uh, talk a little bit about the key program and another perk of that program was that uh, during the cruise, you get hours set aside on each one of those uh, uh activities um that were specifically for key members okay um, and so the one that i used more than anything else was the flow rider and i managed to give myself uh, a bit of whiplash <laughs> on the flow rider i've fallen off so many times and I, I you know the the thing is because i got the key program then there was an r every day that you know we could we could go when there was maybe only five or six people in the queue yep. on those days um so i didn't want to give up that that experience so i think i gave myself whiplash on the second day and uh you know had a sore neck for the rest of the trip but my wife was like why do you keep doing it and i was like well because we paid for it so <laughs> um so the flow rider was fantastic it's at the back of the ship uh i think that's a, a feature on pretty much all royal all, yeah not quite all but certainly the majority majority and um so it's for those who don't know it's a it's a wave simulator um and again because of the size of the ship, I found that without the key program, you would wait a whole hour to get one go on the simulator. And it might only last, you know, it depends how quickly you fall off, <laughs> but that might last uh, several uh, seconds for some people. Yeah. Um, so I find that the key program was really, really good in that uh, regard. The other thing that we did was the ripcord um skydiving simulator yeah, yep. um so a big wind tunnel um and that was fantastic uh again that fills up very quickly because you have to book your session so i would recommend that that's done on the first day again because we went back uh several days later to have another go when they said it was all booked out for the rest of the cruise um there's the north star which is the observation deck oh, yeah. and so it's a a, a big glass ball on the end of a, a long arm and so that goes up and all around the ship and you get a good view out to the ocean all the different areas of the ship i think it would be really good in port as well if you're if you're in a very um, picturesque place mm -hmm. um and then there was the rock wall but the only problem that we had with the rock wall was again it was a um something that they put aside an hour a day specifically for those on the on the key program but the only problem with the rock wall was it was quite windy during our sailing and oh, okay. so it, it was really never operating i think i saw it operating once um which was a bit of a shame um and again a uh, you know there's only two or three lines up the wall so it fills up very quickly and there's long queues for that how about the dodgems did you do them no, so that was a, there's a, a space at the back called Cplex, um, which is basically a, a large space where they have this 
a big closed in area they have bumper cars sometimes take the bumper cars out and you can do uh, roller skating there's basketball hoops um, and then upstairs there's a xbox for the kids or for the bigger kids like myself <laughs> um, and uh, but I, we didn't we didn't get onto the bumper cars uh, that was a queuing issue okay. um, because the, the queues there, obviously, because everybody can do it um, and it's only on certain times of the day. One of the things I would suggest is that they do key program uh, bumper cars as well because it seemed to be one of the, okay. the activities lots of people wanted to do and you just be queuing for, for an hour to get you know a five-minute go. Yeah. Now, there's lots of music around the ship. Um, what yeah. do you think about the entertainment on board? Oh, we thought it was fantastic. The, we loved the... There was always a... Uh, a guy singing in the Irish bar. Oh, yep. And so I found myself there um, many, many nights having a little sing-along uh, with, uh, they, they had a different entertainer most of the nights. Um, and he just sat in the corner with a guitar and it was fantastic live music. Um, upstairs, there was a, a, a bit more of a piano bar, uh, but same, same concept guy, uh, just played most of the night and everybody had a good sing-along. Um, there's a little club area um, where they had some bands on on different nights. Uh, fantastic um, entertainment too. Um, so there was always there was always something happening uh, wherever you went on the ship. And how about the big shows? Did you see any of those? Yeah, so we, we did. I'm trying to remember the name of the... Um, uh, there's a, there's a very specific show that they do. Um, maybe you could help me out. It's it's uh, at the back of the ovation. Oh, I know what you mean. The... They're known. But for the life of me, it's just it's just gone right out of my head. Yeah, it's um, a very different type of show. The screen's kind of it, yeah, it's a multimedia so got, type experience. Yeah, so they've got these screens on arms, and they move around, um, and it's it's right at the back of the ship. And so it's this fantastic, as you said, like multimedia, robotic um, show. Uh, and it was fantastic just to see, you know, it's something very different. Um, and then there was there was always like uh, singers at the back and they put on a good show every night. And the cruise director um, was absolutely fantastic. And, and so it just, you, you know, there was always something happening on the ship. Yeah. Speaking of the, the cruise director, you say they, they were great. Some people have no real interest. They don't think they really change their cruise holiday. But I kind of think if you get a really good one, it can take your cruise to the next level. What were your thoughts about the cruise director innovation? It was absolutely fantastic uh, because he had a, you, you want somebody with a bit of personality, right? They're the MC for your whole eight days. And so I think having somebody who's excited and interesting and, and just a bit of a personality makes the difference because you see them in the morning whenever you turn your TV on, they're doing the sort of daily um, updates for the ship and telling you about what's happening. Um, and you see them, you know, every night if you go to the theatres or the show and they're always just around the ship. Yeah. Um, and and the guy that we had, uh, um, I can't remember his name, that's, that's very bad, but um, he was very engaging um, and just uh, just came off as being a, a lovely, entertaining guy. So we, we would really, really um, suggest it makes a big difference. Brilliant. Now let's take a little uh, recap of your journey. So you were sending out of Sydney. You would have had at least a couple of days at sea, and then you hit the South Pacific. Tell us about each of the ports you went to, what you did, whether it was an organised shore tour or whether you just wandered off and did your own thing. Sure. So we only um, we booked this cruise, and it seemed like maybe you can help us with that. Uh, it was an eight day cruise out to the South Pacific, but we spent a lot of days at sea, which was part of the reason it was sort of last minute when we booked it. We did a uh, Numeu. Uh, was one of our ports and Mystery Island was the other um, but we only had two ports and I think that's because the South Pacific there they were Ovation of the Sea can't get into some of those ports is that correct? Or... I mean possibly that is the case but it does take up to three days to get out to the South Pacific and back right, again yeah. so that was, that's six of you days gone on an eight night cruise I guess. Yeah that's it well well look absolutely fantastic so the a bit disappointing um, in uh, New Caledonia for the Numeu. Um, I think we, we didn't get the weather for it. So we got there and it was a bit overcast and it rained. We did get off the ship, um, but you're sort of off the ship into uh, – it's a port, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's, they take you – there's a little bus ready to go. It takes you on a big tour of the island. Um, but the – you know, we stopped and looked at some of the beaches and obviously the – with the 
raining then we didn't really do much and uh, we went to one or two of the restaurants but i have to say the, the restaurants weren't great um so i think new caledonia um and new may on a on a good day um, where it's a beach day and you get to go and maybe have a swim i think that's that's probably the appeal mm-hmm. um because otherwise it, it seemed like just a bit of a city um and and i have to say the as say the, the the food in some of the restaurants we went to and the service maybe they were having an off day but it it, it, it you know it, it was it didn't stand out yeah. for any reason how about mystery island mystery island was absolutely fantastic um so mystery island seems to be you know it's there are some uh you know locals that do little markets but i assume that nobody actually lives on mystery island um and it's just this little bit of sand in the in the middle of the ocean so um we embarked or disembarked sorry um very early in the morning we it's all surrounded by beautiful coral reef you can hire your snorkel and your fins on the island and we spent hours just um exploring so and because it's sort of a protected little reef we were probably um, a couple of hundred meters offshore uh, and you just felt very safe yeah. all the time um, and it was just fantastic snorkeling. I haven't actually been to the South Pacific myself. Well I was going to say again I keep talking about the key but one of the one of the perks of the key was um, on tender days like in Mystery Island you get to skip the queue um, oh, and so you find a member of staff and, and again that was fantastic because they say disembarky or sorry the the tender start at eight o'clock in the morning. Well, the queues are already there by seven thirty. People are queuing up or before. Um, so what they do is they the the queue by the time that we got down there at about eight thirty was probably all the way back through the promenade. So I would say people were queuing for over an hour to get on the tender. Yep. Whereas with the key program, you just bypass all of that and get straight on. Very nice VIPs. <laughs> we like it anyway. Yeah. Now, what was your favourite thing about the ship? Um. I think it was just always something happening because I um I, I just I suppose constantly like to be entertained. So the thing about the ship was that no matter what time of the day, uh, there was something to do, um, and the activities on the ship, you know, the the flow riders, the um, the pools and the spas, there was always somewhere to go and something new to see, and so for. You know, we were there for eight days and there were still bits of the ship that we hadn't seen. Cool. Now, you've been on both Celebrity and Royal, their sister brands. If, when, if you were to cruise again, do you think you'd sway more to the Celebrity side or more to the Royal side? I think I'd like to try more of Royal ships. I think the Ovation is um, a fantastic ship and, and I think it's an experience and you, that you want you have to do. I have to say, though, the Celebrity, you know, Celebrity is just that, um, bit nicer um, but also it's nice having the slightly smaller ship I think that you know then you don't have those times when it just doesn't you don't feel yeah. um, like there's so many people around and um, given your your career and that you work in the medical field yeah. and COVID is currently taking place do you think you will cruise again in the future oh look I certainly do I think that this is obviously it's obviously a terrible time, um, and we have to get over the the crisis at the moment. And you know we're hoping that vaccines will become available, and we can start you know protecting those people that are are at higher risk of catching these infections. But um, I don't think that it it'll sway me at all from going on a cruise once things open up again. I really enjoyed cruising, and and I think that the industry, you know, because they sort of being made out to be a bit of a pariah in all of this, they will um, work as hard as they can to make sure that that reputation uh, or that they have a reputation for being clean and healthy and safe. Um, and I have, I'll have no problem getting on a cruise ship again. I think it's, I think it was a fantastic holiday um, and can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Like you say, they're, they're working behind the scenes together as an industry and also on individual as a brand to, to do the right thing moving forward. Um, and when they announce those measures, I think people will be very comfortable. There's a lot of people that do love cruising out there and and they, they will come back. Um, before we wrap up, if the cruise lines, or sorry, if the executives at the Royal Caribbean were listening and you wanted to get a message back to them, is there anything you'd like to say about your Royal Caribbean experience? Um, 
I would say just as we talked about, I think extending the key program to cover a few more things. I think what what they've set out to do, you can see that they've really thought about, uh, you know, how to just give you that extra little bit of, um, of you know, to make you feel special in the crowd. Um especially if you, you know, because we, we just got a, a balcony cabin. So I would assume that those perks come with higher tier. Uh, I think it's with the the suites you get yeah. some of the same perks. Um, being able to extend that to cover more activities, uh, I think would be a really good idea, uh, especially for the, the price you pay. Um, and, and I think as the program evolves, I, I'd love to, because it was quite some time ago, you know, it was in the last year that we, we did this cruise and certainly I think the key program will have evolved since then. Um, mm-hmm. So more than anything else, the more that they can offer, I think the better it'll be. Sure. I'll be sure to put a, the links in the show notes to what the key program is and the current benefits so that everybody's up to date. Before we wrap up, who do you think um, Royal Caribbean and particularly the, the quantum and the quantum class, sorry, and the ovation uh, ship appeals to most who, who is the ideal cruiser, I guess. I think it's it's probably younger cruisers. I mean, I know that the traditionally people think of of cruising as a an older person's thing, um, but certainly I think Royal as a brand is, and and the Ovation um, with all of the the activities and the toys on board are targeting sort of younger cruisers, couples, and um, people with families. I mean, we saw lots of kids on the ship, uh, lots of families having fun. But for H- Haley and I, as a you, you know. Uh, a couple um there were certainly lots for us to do um and it it was you know we went to vegas recently and it's almost you know ships like this are almost like a a, a, a casino hotel on on the ocean you know there's always something happening and there's yeah. bright lights and music and entertainment and uh, and so i think it's it's really for the the younger generation of cruisers now this is brilliant, Chris. Really appreciate your time today. I'm glad to hear that you will go on a cruise when the, the time is right, and uh, I'm itching to get back out to sea. But when you do next cruise, I hope you'll come back and give us another review, mate. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.